All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Dave. Yeah. I've told you uh, a couple of different times uh, throughout the start of this season so far. We're about three months into the season. We are. I've told you uh, off and on that the struggle has been real for me this season. Just getting into it, not getting dragged down for whatever reason, whether it's life or the the doldrums of being behind me in the fantasy table. Well, at one point I told you that, you know, it was – it was that I I felt like I could relate to any club that has ever been reigning champions. Right, that's fair. You know because sure. you know the motivational struggle is a little bit greater when you're coming off of the high of winning a title, as I did in our quote unquote mini mini league last about season. That. Yeah, right. everybody that always did forgets. Yeah, everybody forgets. Did that happen? But it did. I think happen. it did. Now, Dave, you kind of laughed when I said that, and and I I just attribute that to the fact that you can't relate. You've never won anything in fantasy football. <laughs> Dave, Te- technically you know, true. I've won a week. Brian, the Brian, roundabout way of getting to the point. Brian, Brian I've had down, down you weeks. You haven't had a win in anything. Yeah. Uh, Brian, Brian's won before. Maybe Brian can relate. But yeah. the struggle has been real. Sure. And it culminated last week before it recorded me saying, Dave, I just don't know, right? Just, just being honest. Right. I was like, I am really fighting it. Like, like big time. I feel like you're rejuvenated a little bit this week. So here's what happened. I was standing in the customer service line at a popular American retailer. Okay. And I was, you know, doing nothing. And so I decided, let me just open up the Premier League app on my phone. I knew a midweek game week was coming. Right. It's first one of the season. By the time anyone hears this, game week, what is it, 14 will already be Right. It underway. already started. Yeah, sure. And so our episode today is going to be forward-facing, knowing that 13 is just finished up. 14 is on the horizon. 15 is right after that. Right. The fixtures are starting to pile up. But I also know that there's something that NBC Sports here in the United States calls the festive fixtures coming up. For sure. And so I was just kind of curious, like, how many Matches are coming, and what's that going to look like? Yeah. And so I did some math using the Premier League app and the fixture page. I love fast math. Nine game weeks are being played starting this past Saturday with game week 13. Okay. Over 37 days. So between nine match weeks, so like 90 matches. 90 games? Mm -hmm. Correct. 90 games, roughly Holy. two and a half matches a day, mm-hmm. are scheduled from starting this past Saturday until I think it's January 3rd or whatever it is, yep. like right after the new year. That is correct. Before the, the traditional FA Cup fourth round weekend. Jeez. That's a lot of matches. And suddenly I said, that's exciting. 
It is exciting. So I, some people who are listening There's no to international this, breaks to slow us down. Not in that gap, there's not. There's still one final uh, match week for the Champions League, the Europa League, the Europa Conference League, but you know, that's still in the midst of there, too. Adding another fixture to some clubs. Goodness. Festive fixtures, but... I got excited about that, and so I, I decided to use that excitement for good. I've been posting some videos, short one-minute videos on you know my FPL thoughts and all the matches over the weekend, publishing those. Continue to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's that's gotten some movement going again in our social media, so hopefully, hopefully you're able to enjoy that. And especially with these fixtures so condensed, that's the best way to get some thoughts from one of us on what's going on as the matches are happening. Today's show is going to be a little bit more topical, out of necessity because of For sure. the way that our podcast works and with the congested fixture list. So we're going to focus on the topics that are important over the course of the next couple of game weeks since they are so condensed. Dave, we've got all the segments you know and love. We're going to talk about some of your favorite players. We're going to talk about some of my favorite players. We're going to talk about players that Brian is interested in from the perspective of stats. I've got a would you rather, which we've never done that before on this podcast, huh. but I'm going to play that game with you tonight, Dave. I love playing new games. Scott, do you have a fantasy half point? I also have a fantasy half point to give out, yes. Holy crap, I hope it's the same one that I want you to do. Uh, it's probably not. Awesome, I love it. Mine is very creative. Okay, this is not, but it's <laughs> it's news. I learned this tonight. I want to add to it. It's All a right. double. A double half point. Yeah. Also known as one point. Wow. Fast freaking math. <laughs> We're one... all about the math tonight. Yep. All right, very good. Well, help me keep my motivation going, uh, Brian. Let's get this episode started, shall we? Let's look ahead to what's about to happen in game weeks 14-ish and beyond. Yes. Or not. Let's talk about everybody's favorite, what are they, 10th place team in the table? Manchester United? I don't even know where they're at. They're, they're not 10th. After their draw with Chelsea, they're not 10th. They have finally, they, they have joined the ranks of announcing a new manager already this season. Now, I confess that my only foray into German football was when they were the first country back during the pandemic in 2020. Okay. Otherwise, I'm pretty much Anglo, you know, Anglo-centric with sure. my football. Yeah. Uh, and so when the announcement of Ralph Rangnick came out. You're like, who? I, I, uh, well, did you see what I said? Yeah. In our Slack I know. Thank you. In Appreciate the, that. In the words of Dave. Who? <laughs> yeah. So then I was quickly informed, both through our Slack workspace and through the matches this past weekend, and the commentary that, that was a part of it, that this is a pretty significant figure in German football. And there's a lot of hope and excitement now around Manchester United. This man, if anyone is able to take all the personalities and all the talent and all of the puzzle pieces that are at Manchester United and make them work into something beautiful and successful, it seems like this might be the guy to do it. I understand the hype, but here's my problem. If I'm a, if I'm a player there, this guy just signed a six-month contract. Yeah, it's true. For all the excitement, he's an interim manager. So what the hell am I listening to him for, Brian? Right, uh, like I mean, yeah, the real guy is going to be here next year sometime. About. I mean, in fairness, I know this is not again. A this is just the guy before the guy. Manchester United yeah. just tried to get there quicker because there's no one out there that they really want to get. Yeah, they don't feel like leaving it to Carrick, so they just and or they want to to not sully Carrick's name, knowing that they have a pile of a big pile of steaming poo that they have to try to. The board doesn't know anything about what they have. That is fact. Yeah. Bottom line is. Uh, Pochettino said, I'm not leaving in the middle of the season with PSG. Uh, 
and so you're going to have to wait. And so they said, fine, we'll hire a six-month manager because my sources tell me that. So. This is not a college football, American college football podcast, but, I mean, I follow a college football team. If you've been watching my videos, you saw me repping the hat after a big win this past Saturday. I digress. But they just announced a, a contract extension to 2028 for their coach mostly for another reason than to provide the type of security to incoming recruits for to sure. say, this guy signed for the duration of the time you're going to be at our school playing football for us. This is not an American college football podcast. It's not, but you make the, a perfectly valid point. That's not here with Manchester United and these players and this interim manager. So obviously the, the ongoing narrative that we've been perpetuating week in, week out is – is there anything that we're interested in doing differently with the manager news from week to week? Obviously, we haven't seen Ragnick at work. He hasn't been on the touchline. It was, as you mentioned, Michael Carrick kind of caretaking this thing over one match against Chelsea, game week 13. But does the Ragnick news – just answer this question for me first, and then I want to go to Michael Carrick. Does the Ragnick news make you feel differently at all about any Manchester United assets no the only for me the only asset i would consider currently is ronaldo i don't think that he's gonna sit any more games carrick sat him so carrick has managed match. one match and he sat ronaldo. and he sat ronaldo and, and you're playing chelsea like if you're gonna rest him that's fine rest him but you don't rest your best score that guy everyone knows in the team if you just get the ball near him in a spot he needs one chance like he doesn't he rarely ever misses I just think that's really stupid when you're playing at Chelsea, especially at Chelsea when you're probably not going to get many chances. You're going to be playing for the counterattack, so you're planning on only having about five or six chances for the game, and you don't start your best goal scorer. just doesn't make sense. Yeah, they scored thanks to a Jorginho, Bellendeor, uh third-place gaffe. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, what a joke. But, can you know, anyways, he screwed up, and, and, uh, and United scored. So I, I just – it's just fascinating that that was what he chose to do with his one match. I, I, I love it. But also, uh, you, it's, it's a little ridiculous that you know the two times Ronaldo has been benched, and I know it's two because every time it happens, it's such news. Why should it be news? People get benched. It happens. Yeah. Greatest player of all time. Oh, please. Spare me. And he's, he's still their 30, best goal scorer. He's 36 years old. And he's old. still their best goal scorer. He is. There's no question he is. Why, do you, why not start yeah. your best goal scorer? Every single game I like that the, he can play. I like that you guys are reenacting the Roy Keane, <laughs> Roy Keane, Jamie Carragher debate. About... But Jamie Carragher was right. Let me just say that. No, cool. it just it's true. I mean he he doesn't he doesn't need to play every game, and you're about to head into like you said the busiest time of the entire year. But you'd think the opponent would have dictated the you the would. player here. Brian, you, you mentioned that League Drew had given you some feedback on a particular United asset who actually gave a return in this match. Yeah, just that right away, I mean, that, that I mean whether it was, was call it luck or whatever it is, but Jaden Sancho, one of the <laughs> variety of, like, are we seriously buying this uh, midfielders from the from the game week 13? No, Jaden Sancho, you know, I think he's, like, the hype was so huge for him coming in here. He's in and out of the lineup, mo more out of the lineup than in. Uh, I think everyone kind of wondered, like, why Manchester United didn't make an effort to get the ball to the guy, you know, more more frequently. And you know, he gets uh, this is this is now you know consecutive starts for Sancho. He goes, 
It's a goal. I mean, you see what happens when a guy scores a goal. He's within the top 10 of transfers in yeah. going into game week 14, which I feel like is a little bit crazy, especially he's 8.9. That's that's a lot at this point for a midfielder who is like who's done one thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, one shot on goal. Uh, yeah. His his uh, like his only shot happened to be on target and in the back of the net. So, and three touches in the box for Jaden Sancho, which I don't know if you follow this podcast very much, but three's not many. <laughs> yeah. Like wow. he, it's not it's not like he filled a stat sheet here. I mean, he made the most no. of an opportunity. You, you like that, but I just feel like it's a weird reaction for so many people to to buy him on the this performance. However. Drew right away. I mean, that was one of the things he said about I'm about to buy Sancho because I think he's going to be better with a with now that that Solskjaer is gone, and and, and weird, a, weirdly enough, it ha- and it happened. Yeah, well, luckily, but it did. Uh, and when there's a managerial change, especially when there's a situation at a club where the questions are, why isn't this guy playing more? A lot of times, a managerial change will help that guy play more. You know, there'll be a little bit of a reset. Maybe that'll be the case with Jaden Sancho. Time will tell. League Drew, I'm chasing you, so you go ahead and get <laughs> Sancho. Please, okay, okay. please get him. <laughs> well, let's bring things into your backyard, Dave. There is a defender that uh, we've been talking a lot about, over, especially over the last few days now. Takahiro Tomiyasu. Are you bringing him into your lineup, Dave? I have a teammate of his, Ben White. and But I feel like Tomiyasu... Is the better own. Yeah. Like in other words, if I could go back and switch it for free, <laughs> right? Mulligan. If I could mulligan that thing, I would have owned Tomiyasu <laughs> instead of Ben White. Mainly, uh, but I think early on, I, did, I just wasn't sure because uh, there there were similar in price. I think Tomiyasu has just gone up. He's now at a four six, but he was at a four five before this past weekend. He's, though, he's right in that place where you would love to have a rotation of guys who are great at that price point. He's one of those guys that looks like he's going to be he great. Is, well, look, I told people a while back, like, don't, you know, if you want to go to Ramsdale or, yeah, sure, they got zeros against Liverpool. Okay, so, but other than the Liverpool match, go back to, you know, they've, they've been pretty good. They got six clean sheets out of 13 games. That's not that bad. I I want to know why you would own either one of them and why you're not buying your guy yeah, Nuno, Nuno Tavares. Tavares. Why you why well, that's not your choice here. Tomiyasu has no competition for the most part for his position. Okay, assuming he's healthy, Nuno Tavares. You're right. Probably should be talked about. I've been hesitant to talk about him. We were forced to talk about him because of Liverpool, because he had a disaster of a, of a match against Liverpool. Well, a, 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 a good a, match. A and, good match and, and, and some mistakes, right. Sure. And, 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 and sullied his good match with, with a That's, horrible I do feel, error. I do feel like right. that. He, he made two drastic errors that sullied his performance. I, I just I think right now, like to me, they're, you, you know, the midfield and defenders – it's weird because there are options that I feel like so many people are going to, but the price points of playable people may give you a lot of flexibility here. And Nuno Tavares to me is that guy is one of those guys. Right, anyway. So, so and t- I have, and I can give you some numbers here and this is why, and I feel like he's, he's a, it's, it's been great for him. And I'd say like this week in particular, but since his run of starts in game week nine, for sure, he's been one of the best, 
statistically for defenders of, of any especially at a four three right yeah and at four three so my hesitancy up until really the Liverpool match was Kieran Tierney had gotten hurt Nuno got a chance to play now he had played in a few cup matches but that had been it and now I I kept thinking that well Tierney Tierney's going to start again well that hasn't happened hmm. and a lot of Arsenal people they're like curious but they're not curious because they're everyone's pretty happy with Nuno's performance. Like he's there's some serious major competition. Tierney was everyone's darling yeah. at that position. Nuno has come in no, uh, under not mine. He got hurt too much. Okay, for Arsenal fans, he was like they loved him even though everyone will admit, yeah, you're right, Scott. He didn't have a touch of Wilshire or Welbeck. But it wasn't too far off. It seemed it like every eighth very, game, very much the same. And that's why Arsenal had to go get a replacement. Yep, or or a cover, cover at least. Yeah, and they found cover that was good enough to start. Yep, and he's been performing. And Brian, you're right. Since week nine, two six six zero, the zero against Liverpool, and then eleven. So he's been and his performances have been good. Brian, you probably have shots on target. He's ripping shots at the goal. Too. I was going to say six shots this week. Yeah. More three more than any other defender. So he's so he's ahead of like Reese. Reese I think went for three, and some of the other you know some of the other yeah. typical names. But Tavares goes for six, seven touches in the box this week more than any other defender. Which normally all of the statistics for attacking are reserved for Reese James. Right. Those are Reese James's stats. Like it, it, and it, Nuno it's, came it's in. Reese James and everyone else. Right. And this week Nuno came in and said I'll have a few of those. But I'm saying since week nine. He's tied with Reese James for the third most shots. Wow. He has 21 touches in the box since week nine, wow. which is second only to Reese James. That's why I'm saying, like, Reese is crushing all of the, the numbers, and the guy who's competing with him since he's been starting is Nuno Tavares. Scott, and, you- and, with, and what I'm thinking, like, I, I am a former Shane Duffy owner. Right. Duffy, not in the squad this week, gets. Like whether that was you know whether it's rotation or whether that's right. whether it's rest or whatever it, the Veltman is preferred to Shane Duffy, so Duffy you know I was not about to lose a tenth on someone like Shane Duffy so he's no longer my squad but I'm saying like this is a perfect example of a guy like is he going to keep this spot right you know and the way he's playing is he forcing is he forcing Arteta's well, hand here I will say this after seeing his gaffes against Liverpool, and then Arteta stuck with him after those, I kind of feel like now it's kind of his spot to lose, right? I mean, if you're going to make a move, you make a move after the Liverpool screw-up, not after the the uh, Saka quick pass in the box to start that game off one nothing. Uh, so, man, you're right, Brian. Like, I'm looking at it. I, I feel like it'd be a stupid move. But going from Ben White, I have one Arsenal defender. Going from Ben White to Tommy to Tomiyasu and or Tavares this week might not be a horrible move for me. There are other guys. There, there I mean, are, and that's I mean, a, that's that's a thing. Like my my choice was a money choice. I we talked about Ben Johnson before from West Ham. Right. Ben Johnson, one of the highest, like as far as ratings goes, one of the high, like despite the loss, despite West Ham losing to Manchester City this week, Ben Johnson is still four zero, which is insane. And he was one of the highest-rated players uh, of any of the players in the Manchester City 
uh, West Ham match. This ben week. Johnson or Nuno Tavares? Four, to me, to me, it three. was entirely about money. I'm trying to, Strategy. I'm trying to plan yeah. ahead. Like I, I saved point three going from now point three because Duffy dropped a tenth before. I now that I've sold him, Duffy's down to four point two. What I'm saying is that was okay. to get that was to get some, some, some tenths. Sure, but like. Lamptey's at four point four. Tariq Lamptey is four point four, which is crazy. Now right. that he is back to what I, you know, I just feel like he's back, looking more like his old wrecking ball kind Real of self. Real quick, Tariq Lamptey or Livermento? I would go Lamptey. To me, okay. that's I would I would rather Scott? have Lamptey. Uh, that's a good question. I I have Livermento. I probably wouldn't go to Lamptey already having him, but if I was having to pick one and I didn't have either one. I think Lamptey has the higher ceiling. Okay. Better offensive attacking he's on a better potential. Team and and, we're and a, he is a, on a better team. A better he's just a better team overall, better defensively. Um anyway, so going back to Tomiyasu you brought up, right? Yeah. And we got on a little bit of a rabbit trail. That's, that happens. If Nuno Tavares might be better at the own than Tomiyasu. But either one is not bad, I don't think, right now. The way the way Arsenal is playing. Sure. Maybe. And their schedule is favorable. Upcoming with yeah, uh, that's, they're at United. That doesn't scare me this so, week. But then they're at Everton, which is a dumpster fire. Home Southampton, uh, home West Ham, at Leeds, Norwich, Wolverhampton. It so. it is important. I mean, I feel like like Tavares is a pop. He's a, a popular choice. I think just his score is going to generate interest sure, this week for sure. But it it is worth saying because that's my question. Like just Tierney Tierney's like we haven't had to talk about him. We may never have to talk about him because he doesn't seem to stay out there very long whenever he finally does get out there. He's well-becking you know, his career so yeah. far, which stinks. I hate that for players. For sure. But the fact is, like, you, know, you have a guy now where it's a selection headache. Tavares is, you know, at 4.3 is a, an option, but it's not without risk. I think the issue is like, even, even with a mixed bag of a schedule – He's playing as good as any defender is right now. Right, he's almost. We say, I know it's. I know it's hard to say this going into like the busiest fixture period of all time, but he's low risk because of the money. So I mean, mm, and with an, okay. and a guy that is obviously that has you know what what did he do an eleven? I think yeah. it was an eleven this yeah, week. Was 11. With an 11, 11 point upside. I mean, you want that from your from your defender for sure. Brian, there's a couple other uh, defenders while we're on the subject of defenders uh, with other clubs that you wanted to mention, including one we've just discussed briefly, Tariq Lamptey at Brighton. Lamptey looked, first of all, Lamptey dismantled Leeds on his own. And, Scott, we said this before the podcast, if anyone could finish, if, <laughs> if Brighton. Brighton had a yeah. finisher, uh, Lamptey... challenging for a European spot this season. Lamptey, first of all... Uh, was good enough. I get it. It's a clean sheet. Lamptey had two bonus points this week. So, you know, that like that you want that. Normally that's reserved for guys who are passing the ball a lot, who are doing a lot of defensive dirty work. In this case, it was old style Lamptey mm-hmm. just de- just wrecking the Leeds defense. He created five chances this week, which was the most of any defender. And maybe that's why more than anything else, uh, Brighton fans booed at the end of this nil-nil draw. I know Graham Potter was kind of surprised, and it is ridiculous that Brighton fans would boo their eighth-place yeah. club at this point after a nil-nil draw. But, you know, seeing the potential there, if they just had anybody with any kind of talent to finish 
off a play that Lamptey creates, yeah, you you've got great things. Uh, it's it stinks because you've seen when you see the good like Leandro Trossard. We talked about Trossard in the past few weeks. Everyone has considered him. I think at some point, if you're paying really close attention, like Trossard gets the like, he can get the job done, but. I think everyone kind of agrees that Mo, Neil Mope is not the guy. No, I think that I think that's a, I think that's, that's a well established fact. Uh, Danny Welbeck, when he's out there, uh, which has been infrequent, despite all of this podcast's hopes, or at least this chair's <laughs> hopes, yeah, I was say, that was my own hopes awesome. of him like finally getting over, <laughs> like, like getting out there. No, but it just it just isn't happening for whoever their attackers are. Uh, but no, Lamptey, that's the that's the one downside to Tariq Lamptey. He is back out there. He's playing. He's getting minimum. Like last week, I think he subbed off before they conceded. So he banked the clean sheet. Like it was advantageous to you to have Lamptey last <laughs> week to not play the full 90 minutes because he was, you know, they, they conceded late. So it's not going to happen like that all the time. But Brighton, defensively, we already know they are – defensively sound. sound they are a trustworthy like i think it's safe to say at this point brighton is a trustworthy defense and now that lamptey is back and playing i mean he is a guy they need to manage like he is a he is a, a, a we must protect this guy's soft tissue at all costs yeah but guy. if they manage him in a way like they did last week I would love that. I'd love for right. him to come off That's after exactly 70 it. minutes when they haven't he, scored a goal he played 70 minutes this week and finishes the game with two Two bonus points. Right. Like I, I'll that, take it. Right. You want that more than anything. 75 minutes for an eight? Yep. Yes, please. Yep. Absolutely right. Who else do you have on your radar? Well, I just think that this week was funny that all of the transferred in guys, other than Trent, got you nothing. Like Who's still my, transferring my, in Trent? Well, man, I, I had to. I had to take a minus eight Why to get him back in. Why don't you have him in, in your lineup? Like, I he should just be him. stapled in. We talked about this. What the hell is wrong with you? He missed that game, and I sold him, and I was my plan was to bring him back. I wanted, like, I had a, I had good intentions. Right. And then other issues came up. And so this week, <laughs> I, I got to the point where I'm like, I can't go one other more issues. week and not have him. Yeah, and, so I yeah. Had, and so I basically had to take a negative. To hit like average this week, All right. which stinks. But Trent's in my team. All right, he's back. I had to do that. Where but what I'm saying, like Cancelo, everyone was on Cancelo. Manuel Anzini said, "No, thank you. You will not have clean sheet this week." Oh. Yep. What a what a strike. Um, and Sancho ruined the Chelsea defenders' clean sheet. Chelsea, I mean, probably should have been up by halftime. Rudiger should have I mean, been. Rudiger should have scored a goal against. Uh, Rudiger is shooting again a lot. Antonio Rudiger is, we've talked about this multiple weeks now. It is Trent, Cancelo, and then Chelsea defenders who are at the top of all of the attacking stats. And they are getting into the midfield and uh, and forward attacking stats. expensive at 6-0. He is now... Dave, uh, for me, yeah, but I can for me, Rudiger was five point six. Wow. That's well done. Wow. I, I I won't bat an eye and bring him in at six zero because I'd be sending him in for Ruben Diaz, who's been a dud since I brought him in. In fact, wow. that's my bad beat of the week. Is that Lanzini goal another no. week 
where nothing comes no. my way. But Diaz did Ruben play. Diaz. My, he did play. So wow. The, so that that's, is that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> and that just says everything that's no, bad but about like Ruben this week, Diaz like, right now. Reese, Reese, everyone was on Reese this week. Yep. Reese gets a one. Was transferred in. Gets a yellow card. Uh, Marcus Alonso. As soon as the news about Ben Showell having a partially torn ACL, which I don't know about this with Ben. Showell. Are you are you skeptical about this? I'm skeptical that he's going to make the six week window or whatever they're giving him right I now. I thought he was done for the season. He is not. They're saying partially torn. They want to make surgery a last resort. They so they want to, to see rehab. if it There's can. No way. They even want... if even if it's partially torn, I've torn my ACL. Even if it's partially torn. It will be an impossibility for him to perform as a professional within six weeks. They, how many guys have to get a re-injury of something bad like that within, like coming back too fast? Wow. And I'm glad there. I'm glad the Ben Dinneries of the world are out there saying there's no, there's no like secret, there's no magic bullet to like to nail this. It's time and time only. That's it. You rehab it. You so you probably surgically reconstruct it, and then you wait, and then whenever you build fitness again and you get back, like two years later, probably is when you feel comfortable on it again. That's that is just that is just bottom line. I just do not think that Ben Showell is. I just don't think six weeks from now we're going to be saying like. Hey, he's back to a hundred percent, just like he was right before his injury. It just isn't gonna happen. Not in six weeks. So no Marcus Alonso was one of the other, you know, one of the other big transfers in. Seventy-seven minutes, I think, which I I just chalk that up to match weirdness. And you got to keep your one healthy left back fit. Like yeah. I I just feel like, but either way, like uh, Marcus Alonso right back into his attacking thing. Sixteen crosses from Marcus Alonso wow. this week. Six Jeez. more. I mean, six more than the next most, which was Reese James at ten. But sixteen oh crosses from Marcus Alonso in on the United States. They were. Defense. I mean, at one point, uh, just over an hour in, the corner stats were displayed on the screen, and it was Chelsea corners thirteen, United nil. I mean, it was insane how one sided this match was. And who's healthy for them again? Lukaku. He didn't yeah, he start. Came on. He, he came didn't on. start, but he came on. Timo Werner, we Pul- can talk about him later, Pulisic which is hilarious. It's healthy. Pulisic is healthy. This is Chelsea who is now getting back to like normal strength Chelsea. They might actually not have to rely Minus on their wing backs to score. Right. Scott, I wanted to quickly discuss uh, two two things that I need to follow on the sword. Number one, Chalaba news release. Played a game. Did not get a clean sheet and nor did not score. <laughs> oh, man. So that's the first time. The streak is ended. The streak, that streak is ended. Also, and of course, this only happens after I want to n- rename this podcast the Jared Bowen podcast and how Don't I start Jared Bowen. He started every game all year <laughs> until not this, this week, and then he doesn't start this past I, match I'm, week. I'm fi- I am fine with that. It's whatever. It just it bothers me, but. But Jared Bowen's still fine. He subbed in for me for a one, and it was annoying. Mason Mount did that for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is annoying. Right, and Mason Mount came in for Marcus Alonso this week. That was yeah. that was the what substitution. Sub. But either way, like I just think this week the defenders, like it was just – it's just what happens. Like there's nothing there, – statistically, I there is no – like to see the numbers and to see what players are actually doing over the course of the season so far, 
to see what if your defense is Alonzo, Rudiger, Reese James, Trent, and Cancelo, if you made that your five defenders, you have far and away your base other than Rudiger, you're playing like this is now like it's it's a kind of a standard talking point kind of elsewhere in in FPL community. You're not playing four defenders if you're playing Trent, Cancelo, Reese James, and Marcus Alonso. You're basically playing four midfielders. Yeah. So and Rudiger is is shooting as much as some of the best other attackers in the game. That's true. But in spite of all of those premium defenders at those top clubs, there's actually a Crystal Palace defender you wanted to talk about too. Yeah, I wish we could how to say this. No. We can't do it all. <laughs> you could you could do this as a how to say, and I'll just say what it is if you want to play music on this, Dave. I'm sure we could do something. You would put you so you're saying you there will be music for this? Yeah, sure. We yeah, I'll do something. Well, as usual, the only song I want to hear in this segment is um what was the song? Marvin Gaye Sexual Healing? No, it's not Marvin Gaye Sexual Healing. The only song I want to hear in this segment is um Why did we go there? Marvin Gaye. Oh, I see what you're doing. See what I'm doing I there? do see what you're doing there. Yes, I do. Does uh, Scott? I no, was actually smart about uh, something. No, that is not the I was clever, Scott. Uh, so as, clever, we didn't get it. As usual, the only song I want to hear from this is the uh, 1990s uh, classic uh, Feels Good by Tony, Tony, Tony. Okay. I but, love, love that song. Uh, that's not the song you're going to play for this. <sighs> I want you to play um, Silk Sonic. Uh, I want you to play Skate. Skate. Yeah, that's what I want. That's by what I Silk need Sonic? Do. Yeah, Silk Sonic. <laughs> Um, because I need to get this band. This uh, this week's how to say, uh, (laughs) this five second how to say is uh, one of the top scoring uh, defenders uh, over the past four game weeks. He's your Crystal Palace uh, uh, with pedigree defender, Mark Gahey. It's G U E H I. Gahey. You can check from when he was a part of Chelsea. For all of his uh, youth career, Chelsea Youth's uh, social media, their Twitter account, uh, actually, when it was him and Connor Gallagher and some of the other youth they had coming up through Chelsea's academy, uh, Mark Gay, he was in there. You can hear him saying his own name. That's all. That's all I'm going to say about this one. Uh, that's that's the end of this. That's how to say. All right. 29 points in the last four game weeks for that's Mark nice. Gay, tied for second most with None other than the guy we've talked about here for a while, Joel Cancelo. Two goals, which is tied for the most of any defender, and three of his five shots, which all five of his shots have been in the box, he's put on target. Three of his five. Just I pray, pray, pray for a set piece for Crystal Palace. Brian, this is the defender version of James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Now that we've gotten, now that he's gotten our attention, he'll proceed to do nothing. I just want to say that. First of all, he uh, he plays a lot out of the back, so obviously he's a he's good for bonus points in addition to attacking threat. But Palace's schedule, four of their next five matches, they play Leeds, Everton, Southampton, and Watford, all of whom are in the worst so far this season for goals conceded by set piece. Wow! So it's not he's four. That's point, a really good stat. But he's four point five. And so this is another guy that's like, he's doing it right now. We've already talked about Crystal Palace's... I wish I had a wild card. 
Crystal Palace's schedule, we've already said, through the festive fixtures, is pretty good. and That's why I brought in Gallagher. Yeah. And he's a safe. That what I'm saying is, for a guy like him, this is a center back is different. Yeah, it's just it's it it's everyone knows if you have a stable guy in the back, he's more or less rotation proof. Let's move to the midfield. We got to start if we're going to talk about midfield options and and avoid the premium midfielders we've been talking about already all season long. We have to start with Liverpool's Diogo Jota. Haven't talked about him as much. Hasn't been playing 90 minutes, which I know, Brian, you know, traditionally you'd like a, you, you don't like a guy who's not playing as many minutes as possible. But in this case, the fact that his minutes are being managed and he's still preferred to Roberto Firmino in that front three at Liverpool seems to be a really good thing for him. Was Firmino available this past match? I think he's hurt. He's I know big, he's, he's, I know he's hurt, but bit. was he even on the bench? Efforting. I remember him looking at him... Uh, like I could just see his eyes. Like he had a mask, like a warm, like face warming Listen, mask. It was cold on this the weekend. Of his eyes. Yeah, no. like, with a, like with a hood down. I remember seeing Robert, uh, Roberto's eyes. Definitely not his teeth. We talked about this. We <laughs> talked about this last pod that that he was not on the bench. Right. To be clear, the initial report on Firmino was this guy's going to be out for a while. The hamstring or whatever he pulled was not okay. was not good. And then the next report was, oh, he's a miracle healer. Right. He's not as the injury's not as bad as we feared, and yet now three weeks he's not done anything. Nonetheless, he's still not, Joda is still not playing ninety minutes with with or with Firmino on the bench. Right. But that's okay here, it seems. That's that was what we said even before. Like Joda was doing that earlier in the season where it was like, Oh, you're fine if he starts even on the bench and comes in for the 20 minutes or less because Liverpool's attack is so potent. And that's just not true. It really is right now. It As is. It's like a crazy fan, record. I'm excited. Pace, right? like yeah, they're, like, they're leading in goals. Like they're dropping three and four every match. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Going into the fix- festive fixtures, I'm excited about the offense. Now, with his limited minutes, does that help him or hurt him going into these? I think it helps him. I think he. I think. I think you can feel confident he's going to play every match. I was going to say, if you knew that Jota is going to play all of the festive fixtures for 60, 60 to seventy minutes, just even if they're even if they're tightly packed, I think he might. That's might he's be not, the best single value of any player. I, I, in, I feel in like the he game. needs to be brought in to my team. I I don't want to do it at the expense of. Of, to me, I want to go Mount to Jota. Of Foden, if I was you, I, I was going to say, well, Foden, Foden is the easy one. So many people went to Foden. Foden went out of my team this week for Jota. No, because I needed to make the money to get to Trent. So oh, that was so I just shoot. I didn't. I was going, and let me say this: I was going from Livermento to Trent. I was not going from Chelsea <laughs> defender to Trent. I needed to make up three dollars, okay. right? So, right, right. so, th- right. so I did not like. It is not intentional for me to say I wasn't going to Jota because I didn't want him. You, you brought just, in I, Billy Gilmore a second time. No, I, my midfield, my Embuemo is my cheapest uh, midfielder right now. I it was Bowen. I brought in Jared Bowen, but I didn't. I did. I brought him in to not play him. He was on my bench. Which is fantastic. Smart. It's the smart yeah, move. It's, it's the smart brilliant, moves. Brian, brilliant. This is the smart moves that get you into the top 200,000. <laughs> Brian, are there any other midfielders besides Jota that we should well, be paying attention to? Are you I, mean, guys... I feel like that's obvious, too. Like, Jota's an obvious one. I mean, it, it seems obvious. More... 
more uh, more shots than any other midfielder this week. But that's he's been doing what, this. What's going on almost with, all season with Phil Foden? Because Manchester City, no one has a better upcoming schedule than them. And I'm trying to start Foden, and he didn't start for me this past week. Well, that's the question. He wasn't on the bench, was he? Well, no, no he didn't. No, but and that's the question but, for everyone right now: is how bad is this? Is this aggravation? Because it's obviously an, but, an, in, an injury aggravation. But no one knew about it. That's what was so annoying. Again, Scott, no protocol. He, he was one of the pundits' picks, like one of the top three captains' picks going into this week. They talked about it really late in the week, where Pep finally said he's getting better. But we're still gonna pl- we're still gonna be cautious. So you got one of those like at the very last moment, and then I, I think you're hoping when I like I think maybe when you see that you hope like oh he's at least gonna be in the team. Maybe he gets subbed on late, and it just didn't happen. Would you rather have Gundogan or Jota? Well, that's that. So that's the guy. I think that if you are if you're trying to replace and you don't have Jota, you go to Jota. Okay. But if you do have Jota and Foden, like if you're in a if you have that set up, I think you probably do go to one of the either Bernardo, Bernardo Silva or, or Gundogan. Scott, you agree? I fully agree. Yeah. Since game week nine, because I like going back to game week nine. Sure. For midfielders, Gundogan's got the fifth most points. He's created nine chances, which is still top top six. Uh, 15 touches in the box. I always like to see how many times they're getting into the box. 15 isn't a lot. It's pretty average. But he's tied with Rafinha and Brian Embuemo. Okay. So, like, he doesn't need... Like, it's not the kind of offense where he needs to be Raheem Sterling and be in the box 400 times and not get anything from it. And I think he's a little bit safer now, too, because KDB's not back. Not, Not really sure how where he is because now he was dealing with illness and after effects of illness and with city even if you think you know you don't know and then and jack Grealish is still getting up to fitness and you're st- and you've got a struggling phil foden with some undisclosed injury of unknown severity yeah give me gundawan only 3.4 percent selected too that's a great it's like you said I, I think it's a slow move people are trying to feel that out there's other Options like Jota's. I think Jota's ownership is probably hurting Gundogan. But at the same time, all-star listener Ryan nailed this in our Slack workspace a few days ago. Because of the depleted options that Brian just listed out, Gundogan's going to play. And if Gundogan's going to play, he's going to be involved. He was here in this match against West Ham. I don't know. I'm tempted I'm tempted to take a negative four to bring Gundogan in sooner rather and, than later. And look at Bernard, I mean, Bernardo Silva... Like we may have said it before, since week two, two matches that he didn't play ninety minutes. So, and he doesn't get a return here, but he had gone back to back goals against United and Everton prior well, to that. The the announcer at the the City uh, West Ham game actually gave credit to Gundogan's goal real quick. If you go back and listen, that Bernardo scored it, but then he. That snow was coming down so hard, Scott. Oh, man. He couldn't tell who scored it. He thought it was yeah. Bernardo, but it was Gundogan. I mean, I felt like I was watching hockey. Couldn't see the ball at all. That's crazy. No idea. We haven't even ball talked was. about the game that didn't happen. <laughs> Did that affect either of you in a significant way? Yeah, no in a good way. Players? Yeah, because I didn't get Kane and I got Josh King instead. Unbelievable. I don't own any Burnley and or Spurs at the moment, so it didn't me affect me. No, just to stand the Manchester City point, to me, I feel like that is, I feel like Gundogan's huge result 
it didn't even help him. Lower lower price and more points hasn't changed managers' decisions. It's still almost two to one. Uh, people bringing in Bernardo Silva to instead of Gundogan. Okay, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I, I'm I am a bit confused by that. It's a t- well, it's only a tenth difference, but Gundogan's a tenth cheaper. Let's call that the dumb mass move of the week. But it's a hundred and five thousand to, to fifty nine thousand. Yeah, that's dumb. That's dumb. Yeah. Go to Gundogan, people. Um, the big mover, I think, you know, he's top four right now. He's the fourth most transferred in is James Madison. There's never like this yeah, season. I get that. I was gonna say there is no more of a. Are I don't you, want anything to. It's I don't knee want, jerk, man. Yeah, it is, and I don't want anything to do with it. I'll stick with Vardy as my uh, token Leicester attacker. Don't give me a Leicester midfielder. On right now. Uh, in his favor, six point six is about as cheap as James Madison has ever been. But there's a reason he's there. Um, true. Two goals in his last five matches. You like that? But this is the second time he's gotten a return this season. And his minutes aren't like <laughs> no. They're not his crazy better, low, they're, but they're better than you. They're better than they're better than maybe like in an injury season. But he's he, in and he's out a, of the he's lineup. A, he's underperformed. Do you know how many he's James Madison, who is like for the two the past two seasons is like. I loved that he was a stats like a a stat sheet filler. He was shooting a ton. He was creating a ton of chances because he's on set pieces and stuff. He's created 12 chances all season, the same amount that Declan Rice has created. To me, I don't like I don't understand the rush other than Price to go get James Madison after he has a good game. I I I, I, just, uh, I don't want it to be I the dumb like should be the, the dumb, dumb mass move, move of the the week. I it's it's weird. He's not quite at a hundred thousand transfers in, but that's a lot of people bringing him in on the back of one good match. The only other thing is that they play Southampton next, and that it's Southampton, Villa, and Newcastle in their next three. I guess. Let's move to the front line quickly. And this is where I wanted to play the Would You Rather game. I had this thought come to my mind as I'm watching City and West Ham play. You see Raheem Sterling out there. And, you know, the storyline largely for him this season has been his lack of playing time. And I just wonder, you know, I'm, I've been that guy that's all about the talent, staying with the mid to lower level clubs, and, and being the guy at your club. Do that instead of going like like Jack Grealish. Be the guy at Aston Villa as opposed to going and being another guy at Manchester City. Now, uh, you know time will tell if that's actually going to be the case for Jack Grealish. In fairness, but you have Raheem Sterling this season not getting a lot of playing time at Manchester City, and then <laughs> just before this, or maybe at the same time, Newcastle's playing, and Joe Linton somehow the guy continues to just play partly because he's playing for 20th place Newcastle right and so this is my question this is my would you rather would you rather be Joe Linton who despite his lack of talent for Premier League caliber football continues to play Premier League minutes because of who he plays for would you rather be him or would you rather be Raheem Sterling and yeah okay so you're gonna get some trophies here and there at Manchester City but you're only marginally a part of winning them. And so your celebration in holding that cup up and getting the confetti raining down in your you know, your head, 
it's, it's half-hearted at best, right? Would you rather be Joe Linton and, and play a lot? Or would you rather be Raheem and barely play, even though the results that you get are better? I think I, Brian, I don't know, man. I could see myself being Joe Linton and wanting to This play. is a personality test. It, that's exactly what this is. Do you want to be on the winner's team, or do you want to be, like... I, I want to be, be, I I be, be playing, playing and to have a chance to prove myself. And, you know, that, that, so I guess I'd pick Joe Linton. I don't want Joe Linton's talent, right? But I would rather, I'd rather be his situation. I, think in I his would situation. rather be his situation. I than absolutely Sterling would, yes. And, and Raheem's and not happy. And I don't care who you are. Yeah. When you're at a club and you're only playing half the matches and you're sitting and only seeing their eyes of the guys in the other half of the matches on the bench at best, you're, they're not happy. They don't want to be on the bench. They want to be the guy. Yeah. They want to be out there playing more often than not and only only not playing because they absolutely can't keep playing it's the, anymore. It's the question every time of, of when somebody, if you lose a spot, you lose the spot to somebody who's like usurped you. Mm. Like you were the guy or the, or like, you know, the, uh, uh, who was your Liverpool guy? It was, uh, that little, that little tiny man that left to go play for Barcelona. Uh, Coutinho. Coutinho. Where it was like, <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. No, just that, I'm just thinking like you, it's or, yeah, or any man. player of that quality where it's yeah. like, you're a star on a team. Eden Hazard. Where you, but you're going yeah. to the club where that's like for the champions, and you're just going to go be a cog in the machine, uh, or you can have a statue built for works. you outside. Yeah, it, it just seems it's like rarely it, better. Maybe the weekly paycheck is worth it. It's Jack Grealish leaving Villa to go to Manchester. It is Jack City Grealish. It's, it's yeah, you know, it's hard. what Zaha has tried to do and can't, yeah. and he continues to be the guy at Palace. Yeah, we've talked about him even this season over a couple of different episodes. I, I mean. I don't know. To me, I'd much rather. And, and, and this is me selfishly. Like, I'm a fan of one of the 20 clubs, which means that nine out of the 10 matches every week, I'm a neutral. And as a neutral in 90% of the matches, I want more entertainment. I want to see the talent spread out. You know, as an FPL player, you know, I'm, I'm capped out at three players per club. So I want to be able to have more options at more teams, right? I just, it's just better for everybody involved if all the talent isn't with a few London clubs or a particular Manchester yeah. club or two. Uh, speaking of Newcastle briefly, I want, to, I want to talk again this week about the managerial swaps that have occurred. I say swaps because, I mean, you know, Dean Smith going from Villa to, to Norwich is still my favorite thing, and I just it'd be amazing if Dean Smith could keep Norwich up. But with these, I'm looking particularly at Newcastle, Aston Villa, and Norwich. Villa get another win under Steven Gerrard this past weekend. You know, jury's still out on Newcastle and Norwich, although the midweek game week is going to kick off with a can you call it a six pointer? This early in game week 14, I think it is. Newcastle and Norwich playing each other. With these new managers, are you still looking at anyone differently from these three clubs with their new managers? I think Norwich is going to win. Really? Yeah. Who, who's Norwich playing? You just said about Newcastle. Nor- Newcastle. Yeah, I think that Norwich. Really? I think the Dean Smith energy is strong. It Norwich seems to be has real. been turning yeah. in better performances. I said on one of my videos I've been posting on social media that up until the managerial change, it was always about chasing who's playing Norwich, right? I yeah. think the new thing we should be doing as FPL owners is Who's chasing Newcastle. Who no 
chasing who's playing Watford because there's always going to be a lot of goals in the Watford matches. Yeah. Now, Watford are going to score some. So you have King. We know a lot of people yeah. have Emmanuel Dennis. Still. I would love to give you some Josh King stats. Go for it. We're talking about forwards. Give me some Josh King stats. First of all, Josh King uh, this week, I mean, obviously scores the penalty goal. So part of that is Sard, Ismail uh, Sard did not play. So, but his penalties against Manchester United were both were so bad. <laughs> yeah. He probably wasn't going to take them anyway. No. Josh King scores on a penalty. Two big chances this week, which was which was tied for the most of anyone for forwards anyway. Since again game week nine, because I like this as a a, a, a buffer now for of space. Guess where Josh King ranks in almost every uh, attacking category? First, not just for really? and then yes, twenty shots. More than any other forward. Wow. Eight shots on target. Only Aubameyang has hit that many on target. 17 shots in the box. Second only to Christian Benteke's 18. Nine big chances. More than any other forward. He's even created seven chances in that time, which is third most of any forward. And he's had the most touches in the box of any forward. Seven more than Christian Benteke with 39 touches. Like, every... Everything that Josh King is doing, in the especially in the past like five weeks or so, the only comparable player in FPL is Mo Salah. I'm not kidding. It's basically Josh wow. King and Mo Salah for attacking stats in the past like four or five weeks. Wow. It's crazy. Now, does that, with their next two matches, both home matches, home Chelsea, home City, does that affect mm. any advice going to any Watford attacking assets for the next two weeks? Well, the good weeks? news is by the time anyone hears this, one of those The first game will be gone. Sure. Puts it into the city match. No, but it's actually a valid question. No. So I want oh, Jared. I'm paying attention to this. I have Huang right now. Sure. Huang has gotten me four twos in a row. Yep. Now, I'm looking at their next two matchups. They're, Brian, they're bright green, I think. No, shh. I could be wrong. Who, Watford? No, they play Burnley. No, 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 and no, no, uh, they... no, no. Uh, so Wolves have one Wolves, more useful matchup have, before they right, go into. So it'll be bad gone spot. and passed. So I think what I'm what I'm looking at doing is is bringing Quang in for either Josh King and or Dennis and or Denny, however we're supposed to say that. So Brian, which one's a better own, King? Well, so Dennis gets the bigger return here, but the same thing that happened before. I mean, I wanted to say it last week. Dennis, his minutes. You don't love the minutes with Dennis. And so, yeah, he's had the games. He's had bigger games. But I just want what Josh King is doing. If I had to choose a guy, it's Josh King. Dennis, the last four matches he's played, 12-2-14-10. Yeah, that's huge. Those are huge scores. The last two games against United and Leicester, both decent, you would yeah, think, decently and- Hard clubs. Right. And Dennis's last, like, look, go back to who, go back as far as you want. Like, he was starting all those games at the beginning of the season. Then we hit, like, week eight. You go 68 minutes, 26, 0, 73, 90, 70. Like, he doesn't have to be in there. He probably is going to be, and you want him in there for a majority of matches, but it's just like, I, I well, just feel well, like what Josh, what Josh, when Ranieri's taken over. When Ranieri took over, was right around the Everton match. Sure. If only there was a way I could actually find that out. I'm just saying, since 
since Ranieri took over, whatever Ranieri's done, he's getting the best out of Dennis, and his numbers have been stupid. Right. So it's it's the difference between twenty shots in that time for Josh King to Dennis's ten. Like Josh King is doubling the output. So if like it's, I think it could be a money. It could be a money issue. Like if if the money works and you. You can make it work where you need Dennis to get to somebody else in what you're doing. I got yeah. it. Yeah, I get it. But to me, I would rather have the. You'd rather play- have Josh. King. I'd rather have the player who has nine big chances to score than the guy who had two. Okay. That's but that I mean, like I said, Dennis obviously for real points in actual scoring has winning been, the real point has been game. fantastic. Okay. I want to bring it back to the question that hasn't been answered yet prior to the Watford talk, which is with the three clubs towards the bottom half of the table, well, at the bottom for a couple of them, Norwich, Newcastle, Aston Villa, are there any assets in terms of FPL that you're looking at differently because of the new managers and what's happening there? Do you guys think that John McGinn being... I gave you credit, Dave, on social media because you mentioned John McGinn. Like, he's been nowhere. Now Stevie G's there. He scores his goal here. And now he's somewhat possibly relevant. I... Look, he plays in the position and the role that Gerard played in. So, is it is it make sense that all of a sudden he's going to have? And he, oh, let's be honest, he probably idolized Steven Gerard, like most people did at that position. If you're going to play it, mm. play it like Gerard. I don't know. Just wear longer spikes. I I just think that I don't think it's a coincidence. And my only concern about McGinn is this: he Ashley Barnes to me. He finger-masked after the goal. <laughs> oh, really? And I didn't know what to think about that. He absolutely Ashley Barnes me. I feel like he was looking right into the camera, right into oh. my soul, and said, look at me, you stupid toque. So I, I just – I think it's fine. I don't know. I, he's, I, he's doing what he's done before. He is attacking outside the box for the most part. So I that to me – like. I, a I don't good, love a good result for in this match. Like he he's capable of doing this occasionally, right? Like I'm not saying you. I, I'm not, I'm I'm answering my own question, saying I'm not buying. I, I'm he's, not, he's good. It's good to see him doing that. I just I will consider him again uh, going into match week 17 at Norwich. But for the next three weeks, home City, home Leicester, at Liverpool. I'm not sure I want any part of that. Brian, are there any other forwards you want to talk about before we move well, to no, the end of the show? No, just that, just I don't want no. to talk about anyone else except Ollie Watkins. <laughs> okay, that, just that Ollie Watkins at Villa with a new manager. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I just think he's had flashes already. Uh, you think that once they once they establish themselves defensively, because that seemed to be the focus, is that they were so leaky there for a while, and then that's what they tightened up right away. They, I, you know, they. They didn't do what they had done for so many matches in a row uh, okay. for the last two. Jamie Vardy, you held Jamie Vardy. I did. Which I, I feel that. like that's something that we we said even last week. Like if you, ha- de- I made a decision, Brian. I made a decision for my sanity when it comes to playing fantasy Premier League. When I have a guy who is obviously capable of great returns. And I know at the end of the season, he's going to be near the top, if not at the top, of his position in overall score. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to get all those points if I keep him, through the good times and the bad. So Jamie Vardy is in my lineup unless he gets hurt, period. And that is why I got his, what, 12 this past game week? Yeah, he was fantastic. 
one of the top transfers in this week, which is hilarious. That's why Ruben Diaz is not going to be my free transfer in game week 13, going into 14. Because City's schedule is going to get better, and Diaz is going to score points. He's going to. You've got to stick with him. I'm banking my season on the fact that Ruben Diaz is going to score clean sheet points. It's going to happen. That's not crazy no talk. One, no one has a better schedule than City. The there you next, go. In the next seven so matches. he's not going out. And that might be the only reason why Mason Mount doesn't go out after this game week. He came in late in this match. Will he start the next one? Probably. Probably. The matchup is good. So yeah. I might wait one more week and see what happens before I send out Mason. That's that's how I'm looking at things with some of the some of the good players in my lineup who aren't performing at the moment. Yeah. Uh, no, Why did just, you ask I'm just, me about no, Jamie Vardy? No, I'm just glad because we talked about Jamie Vardy last week, and because you, were, I know that was a question for you. It was a question for a lot of people. The decision for so many people last week was to bail on him. So to go to s- to go to somebody else, and I think that was just like I get I, it, but that's that just was, not how I'm going to play this game. That was an issue of playing the matches and playing the man coincided. Like we said, Jamie Vardy still even last week playing Watford, and then they still have Saints Aston Villa. Like Southampton, Aston Villa, Newcastle in their next three. Like I don't know why in the world anybody would have sold on him unless they were trying to get like Trent Alexander Arnold or somebody in their team. Like just to make up money. That's the only that would be the only excuse. And to me it just seemed like it was a bad time to do it. Timo Werner, uh I just want to wow. say that it was hilarious that one, he was back. Two, uh he had more shots than any forward this week, but he had zero Shots on target. I just think that's the most perfect. It is. It's like Timo Werner's like most perfect way to come back. To At the what lineup. point are we going to rename the, it the Timo Werner wasteful player? We need we... to see how it shakes out at the end right. of the season. It's unbelievable you, you what he, he he is so fast and attacking and bad. I can't believe how bad he is at doing. I keep at, thinking at it's going to change in turn, and all I ever see is the empty look on his face after he misses. That's true. Um, is Aubameyang, seriously, is Aubameyang an option? No. No, he's honorable mention for the Christian Mateka Wasteful Player of the Week award after this after this past game week. I mean, it was, it was a bad miss. It, they were already winning one nothing. No. That's why he's honorable no, mention. No, no, that's not true. Zero, zero when he missed. Yeah, but they zero, won. Zero, zero when he missed. So he gets lucky. That's why he's honorable mention. There's someone who's mis-impacted the result. Okay. So, but no, uh, no. I, I'm not, no. No. no Absolutely I, not, I'm no. not, for whatever reason, I'm not going there right now. All right. I just want to ask, just because he had he had legitimate chances to score this week, he yeah, that's the problem. He didn't do it. <laughs> I'm right. concerned. He's, I'm he concerned has a done bit. it this season in weird patches, and that's why. Just as they're about to go into like like we said, it's a patchy kind of schedule for them over the festive period right. here. I'm just I'm like and and he's a weird price. I just wonder if that's somebody that you would even remotely think about. Yeah. I think there's value in other places Timoric right now. Timoric <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Blend them. Yep. All right. No, that's, absolutely not. That's literally it. all the forwards. All right. Let me do my segment blitz, Dave. Gotcha. I know we're, do we're trying to be forward-facing, but there's some things that I wanted to cover from Game Week 13 as well. So my one big regret. We've been talking about how having a bench is important, and it's true. The snow proved it in Game Week 13. Wow. Who knew it was in light of phantom injury, not phantom, but like hidden injuries and COVID threats, that weather also needs to be something we consider when it comes to having a bench. But it's important. But the downside to having a bench 
is that sometimes you score a lot of points on your bench. This is true. My one big yeah. regret was playing the wrong goalkeeper this past game week. Mm. Robert Sanchez puts eight in, eight, eight points, you know, on my bench against Leeds, while Guaida gets, I think, one against Aston Villa. I, I picked wrong. Yeah. I, I I took a guess. I liked both matchups. I guessed wrong. Yeah, that's that's my one big regret. I already mentioned that Aubameyang is the Christian, the honorable mention for the Christian Menteke Wasteful Player of the Week award, but Neil Pope, Neil, Neil Mope wins it. Neil Mope's miss was worse. It affected the result. For and sure. It's gotten so bad with Neil Mope that, you know, when he missed this, he almost didn't seem surprised that he missed it. Yeah, you know, that, that's part of the problem here. I mean, we talk about club mojo. Individual mojo is as low as it can go for Neil Mope. Mm. I saw something again this past game week that I've been seeing for a while, and I decided to finally look into it while I was watching the matches this past okay. weekend. So, you know, pretty regularly, there are ads on the digital boards for sure. around the yeah. pitch for a company called Rexona. Rexona. Yep. Okay. And the logo reminded me of a product here in the United States. It's not called Rexona. We have nothing called Rexona here in the U.S. It's called what? Well, it looked a lot like Degree, so the deodorant Degree. It was kind of written in the same font? Yeah, like the, the checkmark logo okay. and yeah. the font was all very similar. So I looked into it. It's the same thing. Really? Different product name. So I'll look into seeing if Rexona could be a sponsor for a future episode nice. of this podcast. I always thought about getting a nice bar of Rexona, Brian. <laughs> like, you don't uh, get sure. a bar of deodorant, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you okay. You rub a bar of deodorant on yourself? Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My honorary meaningless a fantasy. Stick of deodorant? Yeah. Half point. I want to give it out to all the snow shovelers around Nice. The country guy. of England who helped make it possible to see the line sometimes in this past game week. It was not easy. And at one point they had to delay the City West Ham match a little bit to start the second half because the shoveling was taking so long. But Dave, those snow shovelers worked hard this they past week. They did work week. hard this past weekend. It was crazy to watch because you're like, this is November. And we're still in the fall. But I'm telling you, I couldn't see the ball. No, I had no crazy. idea what was the, happening. The West Ham... Burnley match, or the West Ham City match was was absolutely nuts. Leicester uh, Watford wasn't much better. It my, was crazy. My fantasy half point, Scott. By the way, I'm sorry, sorry. And I've never well, had a fantasy before you, half before point you before. Out. Well, and let's let's suspend this a little bit longer. Oh, for the love. What I loved after Leicester Watford, which also had a lot of snow in it, was that Jamie Vardy made the comment that Daniel Bachman, who was in goal for Watford, was apparently lobbying the ref to call the match early because of the snow. Of course and Vardy was. was completely ragging on him. Oh, I'm sure. He, they, did have to, they did have to stop the second half to shovel the lines so that the yeah. lines could be seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently Bachman was lobbying to just call the match. Vardy's like, of course you did that. Playing games like Weak. that are things you dream of as a kid. Uh, I agree. Like, I mean, the yeah. ball doesn't move so well. You, you, you only get for that, so but. many chances to play a game. In in the yeah. conditions like that, Brian. Uh, What's your fantasy? Oh, no, it's point, it's Dave? piggybacking on the snow. I find out today there was a couple that traveled from the west coast of the U.S. Tottenham fans all the uh, way to England, thirty one straight hours, plane uh, flight, train ride. Then they flew into London, up then over to Burnley, and they get there an hour before the game. Oh man! And the game gets canceled. And they're, they're such good sports and spirits. They end up at a pub. They shoot a selfie. They put, post it on social media. 
it goes viral because they tag some Spurs lines in it, whatever. Yeah. And all the Spurs people are like, holy crap, this is amazing. Harry Kane finds out about it, tweets back at them, let me know when you're back in what game you want to go to, and you can be my personal guest at the game. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, Harry Kane? You might not even be a spur in January, but that's a hell of a hell of a. Mess. I might not be able to understand a word you say when you speak, but that is a gentleman's move. for sure, for sure. So I thought it was a stud move by him, and yeah, uh, that is awesome. Well, well played, and I, I just feel bad for that couple who truly trekked thirty-one straight hours to catch the first football match, real. Football match. It's crazy because yeah. you can't like fake that. No. You were legitimately going to do that and got the worst. That's the worst luck. The a worst. snow out. Yeah. What are the chances yeah. of a snow out? Yeah, Unbelievable. Anyways, that's my fantasy app point. Last All I kept thinking when that game was about to happen was that, like, oh man, I wonder what's going on in this game because I was not, I'm not able to watch at that point. And then I, the, when I check in, it's like, oh, it's postponed. Not happening at all. Oh, that's great. Who's on my bench? Right. Like, who's in the first spot? Thank goodness it was Josh. By the way, multiple people, especially a few people in our mini league, own three Spurs. Uh And I would say to you, and or two Spurs, and I would say to you, I understand. You're making a move. You're trying to get in early on the Conte upswing of the team. But, Scott, as I got burned before owning Spurs and City players, I – it killed me in the the Spurs City match that got COVID canceled last year. Yep. And I tried for the most Spurs. part to diversify yes. to that effect. Good idea. And now I say that. Guess who owns now three Liverpool players? <laughs> this guy, as I transferred Foden out and brought in Jota, so now yeah. I own Salah, Jota, and TAA. It's not like I'm owning bad players. No. But I now own three Liverpool players. And so I got to be careful what I say here. When I say diversify, I just mean don't own three Spurs. Like own three no, players, own three Chelsea players, players. Own, own three players that will actually three score you Liverpool points. players. Yeah. Can we just acknowledge that this is a cursed franchise, cursed organization? Hey, this is, this is a Antonio moment. Conte's post-match was comments we, this past week were yeah. were like all, all gauntlet throwdown like, type. Now of, I see. I've been here three weeks. Yeah. I now see what I have in front of me. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Like. We're, we need to work hard, but now I understand the situation is not the kind of thing are you, I think. Are you sure that that's, like, to me, that reads as ignorance? Because well, I don't we know. see the I, issues. I don't, I don't know. I kind of respect the honesty, Scott. But we want honesty the from issues. the managers. Come on. You don't have to be there to see the issues. I, I'm just saying. That, maybe, that's stupid. Scott, that, honestly, so- I have never thought Antonio Conte was dumber than after he said those comments this past midweek. And and now I'm convinced more than ever that this is going to be a dumpster fire of a train wreck that crashes over a cliff. I don't think it's going to be that, but I do think, and I respect his honesty, he, th- you know, you can look at something from the outside and go, oh, looks like a bad car, but the engine might be good, tires might be okay, and then you get in and drive the car 30 miles, you're like, you know what, maybe this car isn't exactly what I thought it was. I'm just saying, Scott. That's possible. That could happen. I think. I think it, it it very easily can backfire on you. Like the, these these managerial comments and calling out players or questioning integrity and loyalty and heart and commitment. I mean, these things sometimes they work, 
Usually they don't. All right. I don't think this is going to work. All right. All uh, I thought is that at the at minimum, it was him saying, like, I came in here. I'm going to do this job. These players stink. <laughs> that, to but me, he that. right? But well, I'm just saying. I think he was. I think maybe you come in and you're hopeful. Like, all right, you got the, you got your academy guys. You got your guys that you brought in here recently. Somebody's maybe better than what maybe I thought or what everyone else was thinking they were. And you get in there and it's like, nope, they all are bad. Actually, there's uh, five good players here and uh, forty bad players. Here's the problem with him saying that. And you can look at. You know, Jurgen Klopp, you know, and, and, you know, as a Liverpool fan, you know, there's still regular comments among Liverpool fans about, you know, Klopp's early lineups versus his current lineups and how different in quality they are. You can look at it, uh, you know, Dave is an Arsenal fan with Mikel Arteta. You know, he's obviously had a seemingly a really good transfer window, early returns, you know, would indicate. For sure. And he's bringing his guys and he's, he's turning things around. The difference between what Conte has already done without a transfer window yet with Spurs and what Klopp and Arteta have proven themselves to do is he they understood, like, I might not like these guys I'm starting this job with, but they're the guys I've got, and I've got to make this work long enough to be able to make it better. They didn't rag their current players in the That's very true. beginning. That's true. They made the most out of what they had but to get to where they could make it better. Conte already coming in and saying this three weeks in, he's going to lose the dressing room that already isn't listening to anybody. Your Jurgen Klopp didn't come into a, a dressing room that had Eric Dyer in it. Brian, the hold your tongue. Scott, bring up a Liverpool lineup. When you see the, the Klopp's first Maybe Liverpool he lineups – Maybe he had. He some... was starting like Colo Torre. He was starting. Uh, Who is a nice man? Don't you say a bad word. I love the Torres. I love Torre. both Yaya and Colo. Don't Listen, you dare. The attacking front, like right now, it's all about Mane Salah. Joe Allen Nijota. was starting for those teams. The attacking front in Rogers last season with Liverpool was I don't even remember his first name. Lambert. I don't remember his R- first name. Ricky. Ricky Lambert. Thank you. I want to say Adam. I know. I knew it wasn't Adam. No, it is not Ricky. Adam. <laughs> Wow. It is not it might Adam. as well Adam. have been Adam Lambert. <laughs> Ricky Lambert, Mario Balotelli, Fabio Barini. That was the front that was the Mane Sala Firmino of the Rogers playing, yeah. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, uh Martin Skirtle was like the most memorable that guy defender. Gets nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> because, but mostly because of that. Javier Manquillo, Colo Torre, Martin Skirtle, Alberto Moreno. Oh yeah, that's Th- bad. these are Klopp's first lineups. Right? I remember Alberto Moreno uh, being L- Lucas Leiva, who by the way is still playing in the Europa yeah. League in France. Uh, yeah. It's nuts. Uh, Emery Chan, Joe Allen, you mentioned. You know, Lalana was there. Uh, Lazar Markovic. I mean, these are guys who are playing. Klopp minutes. started with not a great. But team. you never heard Klopp come out and say, "I can't make it work with these guys. This is a terrible team I've inherited." Sure, I just I I am. It's all over. I, all it's I, over. I'm guarantee. I guarantee. Like everything that I was worried about and saying from the very beginning about Conte and Spurs not working, the moment I found out he said those words, is the moment I knew this is over. Wait, I think that is the difference, though. That Conte's coming in with a striker that Manchester City was trying to buy, a, somebody who is like England's number one. You know what I mean? Like I feel like this is a guy that's like you're coming into players with real pedigree, though, and I think that. The, that I, it must be the role player, it mm. must be the Lacelsos and the Andombales. And Andombales has been good. 
but yeah, it's not. I just sure. think there are certain players like that. I think yeah that make up like the rest of the team. That it just it, I don't know. There. It's true. I if you're a player on the team, you don't want to hear the manager <laughs> say, "Oh boy, it's not what I thought." Yeah. When I came in here. I agree. Last but not least on the on the uh, segment blitz, I want to do a manager quote on something Marcelo Bielsa said. Uh, obviously, this Leeds. This has got to be good. Did he say it in English or Spanish? Uh, I mean, he, like, is this sa- he, he said the version or this his is the, This is the English version of what he said. This is oh, the translator's okay. version. All right. Uh, he was complaining about all the fixtures, all of the competitions, all the matches that, that are having to be played. And talking about what the cost of that is. And in the last sentence of his quote was, that's why I have, I mean, he went big on this, by the way. That's why I have serious doubts about the future of professional football, because it is constantly commercialized and the product every time is constantly worse. He's not wrong. The more matches you have, the more rotation you have to have, the less running around you're going to see, the less action you're seeing. It's a problem. You know, and, and since we've been following this, you know, obviously we have two cup competitions right one which is practically meaningless right and then you also have now the creation of this new europa conference league you have these international breaks this year you know covid caused of course but you know three matches squeezed into seven days in these international breaks this is absolutely ridiculous and as an american sports fan it's already something i'm very passionate about to me playoffs are the absolute worst thing ever the reason why i went to the premier league and the reason why we're even sitting here doing this podcast is because i originally became a premier league fan because i saw the creation not the creation but i saw the like i I came across a sports league that didn't have a playoff their entire season was everything sure and i loved that and ever since then you know for more than a decade now i have just wondered what if american sports leagues went to that and during that time american sports leagues have only gone in the opposite direction. The NFL has watered down its product by adding yet another couple of teams to their playoffs. So more marginal teams are going to have a chance to win their title. The NBA, uh, Brian, you and I were talking before we started recording about how they now have 20 teams technically making their playoffs. Yeah, the play-in game for the playoffs. Right, right. But it's it's part of what Bielsa is talking about. It's the commercialization, but you're watching the – Two two under five hundred teams over the course of an eighty two game season that we barely cared about, but two crap teams playing for a chance to get into what decides your championship, and then you know on top of that you know we talked about college football earlier all of the momentum is towards expanding their playoff which by the way just the existence of a playoff has cheapened the, the season right, the of college season. football, and so Bielsa is absolutely right, and uh, you know you might not create a playoff in the Premier League. But everything else that's being created around the Premier League is creating a worse league, and I fear for the future of football alongside Marcelo Bielsa. All right. Follow us on social media. If you're listening to this, go find us. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, FPL America, FPL America Podcast. It's one of the two. You'll find us. And go catch up on the videos I've been posting there. Those are going to be the thoughts of all the matches uh, that have, that are being played, usually the day after the matches are played, you're going to get my thoughts. So make sure to catch up on all that. And in between these game weeks with these short, you know, one and two day breaks between game weeks, it's really important that you follow us because that's where you're going to find out how we're setting our lineups and, uh, and, and what the strategy is going out of one game week and into the next. Scott, I want to, I want to try to do better at doing some videos and shooting them over to you to put them on the, on the website. I haven't done that Deal. enough. I need to, especially in this sh- this heightened, shortened uh, fixture time where we will only physically be able to do so many pods. So 
I want to do better at that. I might need you to be like, hey, Dave, you want to you shoot me a video? I'm like, oh, crap, yes, I do. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else. No, we, we, I think we covered almost everything. Scott, we're not going to go through the, the, the league updates this week. We'll, not, do this, we'll do this next pod. I know, we, I know we love to do it. I hope I, we're not, I'm not shorting someone at all this week. I'm amazed that at Billy D in our mini-mini league was able to throw down a 68, and that was without any of his three spurs starting. So he literally had to go to his bench, and then not all of his bench was starting. Somehow he still cranked out a 68. So whatever. He says he's coming for me. He might, but we'll see how that shakes down. I'm going to beat him back with a stick. Nice. He He's going to end up taking like a minus 40 this week. I can feel it. <laughs> uh, listen, I I uh, catch us on the socials, as Scott already said. Pump for the 37 days and the 90 matches. Is that what, is that, what that worked out to be? Something yep, similar to that? Yeah, we're already Scott? in it. It's happening. So that's fun. And uh, listen... Uh, if you know what's good for you, check out the Arsenal matches. For the FBL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.